welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome. It is so good to have you here today. Wherever you're watching, however you're watching, we're just really honored that you'd be with us today. I really believe that God is going to speak to you. I believe that um, God's word is powerful enough to shift things in your world right now, even as we come around God's word. Hey, if you are new to Empower, uh, don't forget to check us out on our website, empowerchurch.co. If you'd like more information about anything that we're up to or even have a question, um, you can scan the QR code, fill out the form. We would love to uh, get in touch with you. Um, and that would be absolutely incredible. Also want to let you know that on the 7th of October, um, our East community are having a night, which we're calling Hear the Heart. It's kind of like an interest night. Um, it's kind of us just uh, sitting down and talking out, out the vision and our plan for the East and um, more so just the heart of what Empower Church is and who we desire to be in the community. So join myself, join Pastor Matt and Sarah Darima on that Thursday night if you're interested and if you're in that area. We'd love to um, connect with you there. It's going to be amazing. So let's go to the Word and um, let us have a good time. Can we pray? And uh, we're going to get straight into it today. Father, we come to you today and we come in the wonderful and the powerful, the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord of all creation, the God of all the universe. And we want to take this opportunity to honor your name, Father. In the midst of these circumstances that we find ourselves in, Father, we know, God, that you're not locked down, Father. In fact, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so we don't we choose today purposefully not to live with a locked down mindset, but we choose to live with a mindset that honors and acknowledges the finished work of the cross of Jesus. That you're moving, Father. We acknowledge, Father, today that just like Paul and Silas or Peter or John or whoever could be in a prison, but Father, we just know that where your spirit is, there's freedom. And today, that's the truth that we lean into. We want to lean away from our reality and into your truth. And so we thank you for the freedom that you've given us. We give you praise today. We glorify you. We honor you. We exalt you today. And I'm just asking, Holy Spirit, would you come like a mighty rushing wind, right? now and blow through, Father, blow on people's lives. Bring that freedom that only you can do, Jesus. I pray today people would be set free from fear, set free from old mindsets, set free from addictions. I declare in the name of Jesus that people would be set free from sickness today in Jesus' mighty name. Depression they'd be set free from in the name of Jesus. I'm asking Holy Spirit, as we talk about Jesus, I'm asking that the spirit of Jesus would be made manifest right in people's homes, right in their lives today. So we open up our hearts. We ask for you to speak to our hearts, change our lives and let the power of your spirit, the reality of heaven be made manifest in our worlds today in Jesus name. Put an amen in the chat if you're with us today. Um, it is good. It's been a good week. Um, I want to. I want to commend you. You're survivors. You're going to make it through this. Uh, this is not too hard for you. You were born um, just like you were declaring and partying and praising and declaring and responding to Jesus, um, the Word of God over your life for such a time as this when we weren't in lockdown. I want to tell you, you were born for this moment. You're going to make it through. Hold on. I'm certainly not trying to undermine the seriousness and how hard it is for some people, 
But I do today want to take this opportunity to declare over your life that you're strong, that the spirit of Jesus is within you. Come on, help me preach today that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells inside of you. Whether this is end times or not, friend, I want to tell you, Jesus is on your side. You've got to know that Jesus loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I'm not just trying to hype you up today, but I'm trying to declare to you and I am declaring to you that the best days are ahead. And I'm not saying that ignorantly. I'm not saying that in a prosperity gospel context that you're not going to go through hardship. I'm saying that because I genuinely believe that the season we're in is not the end and that God has a great plan for your life, for your children and for your children's children. And so today I want to spend some time in the word. I want to um, shift. This is my assignment today is to shift the atmosphere over your life. My assignment today is to shift where some of your thinking is coming from. My assignment today is to uh, challenge you to objectively, biblically think about what you're in right now. And I want to use a story in the Bible found in Mark chapter four. And uh, I want to read that, that story. And I hope that it helps you as it's helped me um, shift the atmosphere uh, over my life Uh, from one that is um, feels like I'm standing or building on sinking sand um, to being a having a moment where I'm I feel like I'm standing on the rock again. And so today um, I've wanted to call this thing, this message. I've I've had a whole lot of thoughts kind of bubbling in my mind today, but really um, I want to call this message fear not. Shall I give you all my message titles? Let's do it. Put, put right fear not in the chat. Fear not. I, I, I want to, um, I also wanted to call this hurricane faith, hurricane faith. Come on. His word is anointed. It's about to bring a shift over your life. I hope you got an open heart. I hope you're ready for God's word today. Hurricane faith, fear not, fear not. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy, before we get to our anchor text this morning, found in Mark chapter 34. You can wander in your Bibles there if you want. Um, uh, but the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse 7, a famous scripture that you might know. It says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Say that. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. One more time. Say it out loud. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Come on, even if you're on the treadmill, if you're running in the park, look crazy. If you're on public transport, look crazy. Say it one more time. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Another scripture, 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Would you say that? Perfect love casts out fear. I believe it's the Amplified or the Message Translation says something along the lines of Love pushes fear out of the doorway. And it's this picture of the, uh, it's this picture of a a force, a figure, a someone, a someone as opposed to something being in the doorway and perfect love casting fear out of the door. In other words, fear is blocking you from getting to you, getting you to your destination. And the word of God is telling you today that perfect love casts fear out. Perfect love casts fear out of the doorway. What is perfect love? Wrong question. The right question is who is perfect love? Perfect love is the person of Jesus. 
Jesus cast fear out of the door. You and I are not called to live in and under fear. You know, in the Western church, we talk a lot about covering and all these sorts of things. And we get concerned, overly concerned, in my opinion, about do I have this leader's covering and do I have that man's covering? But the truth is, uh, uh, despite what you believe about those sorts of coverings, you and I choose to subject ourselves and live in submission to other coverings without, without even realizing. One of those most significant things that you and I uh, some, sometimes not even willingly or willfully, but sometimes just because we know, other, we know no other way is we subject ourselves to a spirit of fear. Did you know that fear has a vision for your life? Come on. Fear has a vision for your life. Fear is like faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And so if, if faith is, is this idea of believing for something that hasn't happened will happen, fear is the same thing in a different kingdom. Fear is believing that something that is believing something that hasn't happened will happen. And as a result, it projects a vision about your future. And so for those of you that have fear around the vaccine or fear around COVID-19 or fear around the, the, the economy or fear around getting sick, getting cancer or, or fear around uh, what it, whatever that fear might be. There are so many different fears out there that we live with on a daily basis. And that fear pro projects a vision about our future. That fear says and suggests this is what is happening. This is what's going to happen in your future. But perfect love drives fear out of the door. Why? Because what should be in that doorway is a spirit of faith that says, Jesus, no matter what we are going through right now, no matter how many lockdowns we, we need to go through, no matter what is happening in my world, I choose to live under the covering of perfect love. I submit myself to King Jesus. I submit myself to his way. I submit myself to his voice. I submit myself to his words. I'm not going to live under the vision that fear has for my life. I'm going to live free. And we don't have a spirit of fear, but we have uh, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Did you hear that? God has not given you a spirit of fear. There's many different types of fear. And for the sake of time, we don't have, we write that. Well, we could write. There are books written about this subject in depth, which I want to encourage you. If you're living with fear, start to read, get some books and um, start reading about fear from Christian authors and let the word of God uh, begin to help you understand how fear works. There are natural fears that we have. There's kind of those flight and fight responses that we have just that are innately uh, placed in us as we were created where, um, you know, some might argue that they're a result of sin, but I think that there is just a, a natural part where God has made us like, don't, don't jump over the, the edge. Don't jump off that or go, go too close to the cliff. There's dangerous sort of thing. Um, and, um, and then there's other fears. They, they, um, one article I read a, a little while ago now said that we're only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Every other fear is a learnt response to something, which I found quite fascinating. I think there's a, another fear type of fear, um, which I want to spend some time talking about today. I want to talk about those learnt fears um, that we live with, that we grow up with, that we inherit from our family, from our culture, from uh, and and we allow them to grow because of an unrenewed mind, right? 
They're the, they're the irrational fears. They're the fears that Jesus has already said you don't need, need to be afraid of. And they're running rampant at the moment in our society and in our world. And I want to speak to those. But I also want to speak to this idea of First Timothy chapter, or 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. We must not underestimate. We must not be foolish in this time and not discern what is happening in the spirit realm. We must lean into the voice of God and we must lean into it in a way of faith to hear what God is saying. Yes, we must do that 100%, but we must not come from a place of fear. Lord, I need you to speak to me about this because I'm fearful. Alone, we cloud our ability to hear God's voice when we go in like that. We must acknowledge that we are in a spiritual battle. We always have been. We didn't enter one when we went into a global pandemic. We were already in a spiritual battle. We're in a war. We're in a fight. And our fight, the fight that we fight is not against governments or premiers or this or that. It's not in a natural way that we fight. We fight, do not fight, Ephesians teaches us, against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Our war is not in the seen realm. Our war is seen is in the unseen realm. Our war, we don't fight with pickets, we fight with prayer. We don't fight with, with um, social media posts, we fight on our knees. The most powerful place that we can be is in that place of prayer, is in that place where we're with the presence of Jesus. The Bible tells us that, the, that God did not give you a spirit of fear. I'm trying to help you to see today that there is a spirit, there is a force of fear, a demonic force, I believe, that is, being, um, that is tormenting believers in this time and you and I don't need to tolerate it anymore. So here's the thing about fear is fear starts with a thought. Headlines fuel fear, Okay. Fear is contagious and we catch fear. The, the greatest virus that is going around the world right now in this global pandemic, hear what I'm saying. Please hear what I'm saying. The greatest virus that is affecting people right now is the virus of fear. I'm not, I'm not having, this is not a message about conspiracies, vaccines or anything like that. This is a conversation about your heart. This is a conversation about your mind. This is a conversation about how you're approaching life, how you're approaching your Christianity, how you're approaching your worship of Jesus, how you're approaching serving your community in this time. Forget all that other stuff and just think, just zoom right into your heart. God has not given me a spirit of fear. The virus that's affecting our world right now is a virus of fear. And fear is trying to change the way that you and I treat each other. It's trying to change the way that we serve our world for Jesus. Like I said before, it starts as a fear. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Fear starts with a thought. It's our response to that thought. We can't control some of those thoughts that enter in our lives because they come from a myriad of different places that we cannot control. But we can control whether we allow that thought of fear to incubate or whether we shut it down and do as the Bible teaches, bring every thought captive and subject to the name of Jesus. As a man thinks, so is he. I like to say it like this, where the mind goes, the man follows. Where the mind goes, the man follows. And so what we give our mind to, we end up following. When we give our mind to fear, remember just a moment ago, I said fear has a vision for your life. Yes, Jesus has a vision for your life. But you're ignorant, you and I are ignorant if we don't think that fear and that the forces, demonic forces in this world have a vision to see your life crippled paralyzed, in, ineffective in serving Jesus and moving in the power of God in this time. Okay, this is the whole thing. Where the mind goes, the man follows. 
And I'm trying to shift right now. I'm trying to get those, um, I don't even know what they're called, but you know, I'm, I'm wanting to kind of jumpstart your faith this morning. I'm wanting to stormproof your faith right now. I'm wanting to bring you to a place where where you where fear is shaken out of your life, where your life is stormproofed, where you have hurricane faith, where you can go through the wildest of life's event of life storms and trials and hold on to Jesus in faith and not live under the curse of fear. Friend, I'm telling you right now, God has a plan for your life. I'm telling you right now, I'm prophesying over you do not need to live in fear. I rebuke the spirit of fear that is over your life right now. I rebuke the spirit of fear. I'm moving in a word of knowledge right now that that is trying to convince you that you're going to have a short life, that you're not going to see your children grow up, that you're not going to see your grandchildren grow up. I rebuke that spirit, that tormenting spirit of fear that is trying to rob you, that is trying to tell you that you're going to get sick, that you're going to die. I rebuke that that's that fear that is a spirit of fear that is not just normal fear that is a spirit of fear and God is wanting you to be loosed of that today where the spirit of the Lord is there there is freedom we prayed that at the start I'm trying to help you to see how that works not just at the altar of a church where we dance and jump and sing and live in that freedom although it's it's wonderful when we do I'm trying to help you to see that you need that same spirit that calls you to dance in that pew, dance in that church, dance in that altar. I'm trying to get you to see today that you need that same spirit in your living room. You need that same spirit as you approach the challenges that are presented to us today in this life. God has not given you a spirit of fear. You will not die. You will surely live. Oh man, I feel God's presence right now. Come on, open up your heart and let the power of God just begin to touch you. Let the wonderful spirit of Jesus begin to free you. I see chains just breaking off you right now. I see I see chains. I literally see some of you being carrying like a ball and chain around. It's a chain of fear. Jesus, perfect love is casting fear out of the doorway right now. You are free because of Jesus. Fear has a vision for your life, but what's more important to realize and recognize is that God, Jesus, has a vision for your life. And that vision for your life is full of resurrection power. It's full of of his glory invading the earth. It's full of the light of God in dark places. This is why, man, I feel this so strongly apostolically right now, why we cannot continue to entertain a spirit of fear. I'm feeling this so strongly right now. The church are just talking everywhere about fear. The world, we're just participating in, with the world in this conversation about fear. We must begin to declare the goodness and the faithfulness, the good news of Jesus. In the midst of persecution, the early church were declaring the good news of Jesus. And we must lock into this zone right now where we are declaring the good news of Jesus. This is not uh, for uh, this or against that. This is a moment where we draw a line in the sand, where we fill every place that we communicate with about the glory and the goodness of our Savior. So come on, let's go to a story right now in the book of Mark chapter four. I promise you we won't spend too much time here today. In a moment, we're going to go and partake in communion over our Zooms if you're watching this on a Sunday morning. Um, But I want to just exegete very loosely. I want to exegete this passage of scripture in Mark chapter four, verse 35. We're going to read from as we see um, the disciples in a dilemma, in a moment where they're full of fear and where they feel like they've got nothing left to live for. Let's read this. You ready? Mark uh, chapter 4, verse 35. That day when evening came, he said, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him 
along just as he was in the boat. Jesus uh, was teaching about the kingdom and in order to, uh, in order to be able to, to, to really uh, communicate effectively and his voice to carry, he gets in a boat and this is the same boat he's been preaching in. That same vehicle that he used to preach is now the vehicle he's using to get to the other side. Verse 37, oh, uh, end of verse 36. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall, translators say, interpret that as a hurricane, hurricane faith. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. It was in the stern. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. <laughs> the disciples woke, woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why? Are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This portion of scripture is nestled, uh, this story. It's the first of three significant miracles that the, that the uh, writer of Mark, the gospel of Mark, uh, uh, includes three miracles that are really important. But just prior to this, Jesus has just done one of his longest teaching sessions in the Gospel of Mark. It's one of two. I think it's Mark chapter 11 where there's another slab of Jesus's teaching. But Mark chapter 4, Jesus's teaching is committed, is directed to, uh, uh, I, I suppose, revealing the mystery of the kingdom of God. And he talks about the parable of the sower. He talks about um, the parable of the good soil. And then he talks about how the kingdom of God or the parable of the mustard seed. Each different parable speaks a different thing, a different unlocks a different mystery about the kingdom. The parable of the sower is so important, talks about the seed and the soil. And there's a focus on both the seed and but probably more so leaning towards the soil. He says that the seed is the word. The seed is, is the word of God. But then he also says that the, the, um, the, the, the soil is man's heart. Got there in the end. The parable of the good of the seed is a parable that really communicates this idea that it doesn't matter what, you, what it looks like on the outside. The kingdom of God cannot be stopped. The kingdom is going to continue to grow. And the Bible says that whether the farmer wakes, whether he rises or whether he goes to sleep, it doesn't matter because the seed, there's so much power and potential within the seed that the seed is going to produce a harvest after itself. It may start small. It may be invisible. The growth may be completely unseen at the start. But the nature of the kingdom is that it is, it is an unstoppable force. And then the parable of the mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's just something tiny. It's, uh, it's something that's not marvelous or it's not an oak tree. It's not a cedar of Lebanon. It's just a little mustard seed, but it's powerful. It's influential and it will bring change in its environment. Jesus has just finished this teaching and his disciples, as we've read, they start going over. And this story of him silencing the wind and the waves is one of three miracles that Mark includes. And theologians say that these three miracles are important because they speak of the authority of Jesus. They establish his authority. Come on, I'm speaking right into your world right now, right into you. Because I want you to get this because the, the, the gospel writer of Mark is writing not just to that audience. He's write, writing to you and to me right now, right into our situation where, we're, where we know there's fear and uncertainty and what does the future hold. 
Uh, the church has just been thrust into persecution as Mark begins to write this gospel for the church of that day, just like we're in right now. Or they're in hard times, they're in uncertain times. And Mark is writing and he does these three specific miracles. He does this miracle that we've just read in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, which we'll unlock in and we'll uh, zoom in on in a minute. But that speaks of Jesus having authority over the wind and the waves. Jesus has authority over the natural realm. Then he arrives, they arrive on the other side and they're confronted with a demonic man that has a legion of demons that no one can, um, no one has been able to exercise these demons from this man. He's been outcast and he's living in Gadarenes and, and Jesus casts out this, this, the demons out of this man and he returns to his people, to his community in a right mind. The spirit of fear comes out of him. And because remember, the spirit of fear, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And so the Bible is telling us that Jesus has authority over the natural realm, the wind and the waves, but he also has authority over the demonic realm. Can you see what the author is trying to do here? And then fast forward to the next miracle is where Jairus's daughter is raised back to life. And now the gospel writer is helping you and I to understand that Jesus himself even has authority over death. He has, a, has authority over the natural realm, the wind and the waves and the like. He has authority over the demonic realm and he even has authority over death itself. This is why Philippians tells us that he was given a name. Jesus, help me. He was given a name that is above every other name, a name that is above any name that is below the earth, beneath the earth, on the earth or above the earth. The three realms which the gospel writer of Mark, I don't know why I keep saying that, why the book of Mark tells us that he has authority over these areas. And I'm trying to encourage you today that this same Jesus has not changed. He is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And he still has authority over the natural realm, the demonic realm, and death itself. Fear, you have no right to be tormenting the people of God anymore because, friend, Jesus has authority over every realm that your fear is attached to. Let's zoom in on this text, and then I just simply want to read some scriptures to you today. I really do feel the presence of God right now. Oh man, just write, just put his name in the chat right now. Jesus, he is powerful. The Bible says, let us go over to the other side. See, when you don't live in fear, you're always moving in your assignment. And because Jesus has no fear, Jesus starts moving to his next assignment. I've done my teaching. Let's keep going. What's fascinating about this whole story, we've already read it, so we know the beginning and the end. We know, we know the journey. We know that, the, that he silences the waves and the disciples are just like, what the heck is going on? Some scholars say that they're more fearful of Jesus once he, he silenced the wind and the waves. They were, because the Bible says in verse 41, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obeying. And I pray that we get that sort of revelation, that sort of fear of God in our lives. This is why we can approach the challenges of life right now without fear. Because fear is causing us to operate outside of love, outside of a sound mind. For God has not given us spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. And what a spirit, how you know you've, you're, a spirit of fear is trying to influence you is that you don't operate in love, you don't operate in power, and you don't operate in a sound mind. And so all of these conversations we're having as a society right now, are what I'm trying to reorientate you around is those three things. Are you operating in love? Are you operating in power? And are you operating in a sound mind? I read a Bible that says, man, we can, I read a Bible that tells us stories of the Apostle Paul being bit by a viper and locals waiting for him to drop dead. But because it was not his time, he just shook that off and the poison had no effect on him. 
I read the Bible and I hear the words of Jesus saying, drink anything, uh, drink poison and it will not harm you. Step on scorpions and there'll be no effect. I read this Bible. I'm not saying being foolish. That's not what I'm saying. Don't go and find your local snake park. Okay. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a spirit of fear that's trying to, that's trying to, um, cause you to be tunneled vision to only look at fear and forget about his supernatural power. A furious squall, a hurricane. This is why we need to storm proof our life because this is not the only storm we, you and I have been through. This is not the only storm that we, you and I will go through. There will be more to come. And this is why your faith's got to go deeper than Sunday morning church. This is why your Christianity, the way you're raising your children in the things of God cannot just be around a Sunday moment. This is why you and I have got to be committed to allowing Jesus to take our faith deeper. And the only way that you can do that is by getting your eyes off fear and getting your eyes on him. Get your eyes upon Jesus. Why? Because just like for the disciples, a furious squall, a hurricane came from nowhere. It was sudden, just like this moment. Remember 2019, where we were all just like, yeah, let's all pioneer a church. This is going to be wonderful. God's going to move. We're going to see, you know, hundreds and thousands of people impacted for the gospel. Arguably, we have in different ways, but we did not envisage the this season that we were walking into. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. A hurricane, this is why we need hurricane faith. This is why I'm boldly declaring over your life, fear not for the Lord God, he is with you. Fear not, do not fear. The Bible tells us that the waves, and let's just go through this and then we'll wrap this up. The waves broke over the boat and it was nearly swamped. And this, as I was reading this, I felt the Lord say that in in my heart, and I want to be careful how I use that language. So let me rephrase that. I felt in my spirit um, revelation come and I felt like like, um, it aligned with what was happening right now. The boat was being overrun with waves. This is what's happening right now. The things, the vehicles, the systems, the things we've become dependent on are breaking under the pressure of the hurricane. The hurricane, the trials of life, expose what is really in us. This is why we've got to make sure, and you're going to hear me say this time and time and time and time again, we've got to look at his face, the person of Jesus, and hold his hand and trust him. Because we may not be in a physical boat on an ocean. I really wanted to preach this boat, this message in a, in a pond somewhere, in a boat. I would have loved to do that. Um, it's pretty hard to do that, and probably without getting fined under the current COVID restrictions. Um, that would have been quite funny. But um, it's it's interesting. It's interesting because if, if as we look around the world, whether it's governments, whether it's um, you know a whole lot of things, our systems aren't holding up under the pressure and under the fear and under the 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 thing that we're living in right now. Maybe God is allowing that in order for us to reorientate ourselves around the fact that there's something more important than the boat. And it's the one that's been sleeping in the boat the whole time. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care if we drown? And this is what the spirit of fear, the spirit of fear tries to diminish the power of who Jesus is, of his authority. Where, have you ever, like, let's just be, let's just have a real raw moment right now. I think every one of us in one way or another, whether it's through this pandemic or through some other circumstance in your life, if we're honest, we've come to that place where we've, where we've asked, Lord, where, where the heck is Jesus? 
Maybe it was through a marriage breakdown. Maybe it was through some mental illness. Maybe it's through an actual physical sickness. Maybe it's been through the struggles of homeschooling a billion children at home. And really you've only got one, but it feels like a billion. I get it. I get it. Maybe it's the pressures of a very uh, fluctuating economy and your business is struggling. Maybe, I'm not sure, but I think at times we get to these moments in life where we're asking, where, where is Jesus? What's really encouraging for me in this moment is just this idea that it's this idea that the disciples have received the mystery of the kingdom, yet they're still in this zone where their faith is not complete. And it's encouraging to me because these are the men that arguably were used to bring the gospel, to bring the good news to the world, to write the scriptures, to move in signs and wonders. And it encourages me because in the midst of my questioning, Jesus, where are you in this? Even when um, I'm doing it from a place of fear, not from a place of, of prayer or faith. Lord, where are you? Would you speak to me? I need your wisdom on this. Like I'm just having a moment and being real where you've got to understand it's okay to ask questions from that place. Where are you? Have you stopped to ask in this moment, Jesus, where are you? And in that moment when you do, I want you to look for him. Because he is the solution. He is the answer. I want you to shift that question from that place of fear to that place of Jesus. Where are you and what are you doing in this moment? Teacher, don't you care if we drown? The Bible says that he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves. Quiet, be still. I love this. He says, be still. The literal translation is be still and don't speak. It literally, if you look up that, that Greek word for, um, for be still, it means be muzzled. And it's this idea of I'm going to make you unable to speak anymore. Man, come on. Let God's presence move right now. Let the spirit of God do something right now over the atmosphere of your life, over your thinking right now, because this is what I believe Jesus is wanting to do here in this moment. Be silent. Don't speak. Be muzzled. You're silent. Some scholars suggest that the language that Jesus was using was like he was speaking to someone, not something. There's a lot of biblical precedence for wind and waves to speak of demonic forces. They're like a metaphor. They're like a, a type that we can go, all right, there's wind and waves that can speak of, of demonic forces. But whether or not it was something or it was a something or it was a someone, the point is, is that Jesus has authority over it. Jesus has authority over every realm. He has authority over, over the natural realm, the wind and the waves. Whether that those wind and waves were a demonic force, let's just go with that for a moment, that they were a picture of the demonic force trying to stop Jesus from liberating a man on the other side, trying to stop Jesus from raising Jairus' daughter back to life, who's already sick at this moment, trying to stop Jesus from fulfilling his assignment, trying to stop Jesus. Fear, these demonic forces, the spirit of fear is trying to stop you. It's trying to paralyze you in that place of fear. And friend, I want you to know today that the same Jesus, see, this is the thing. You can, you can receive the mystery of the kingdom like the disciples had just done, but you can still be, um, you can still not have a revelation of Jesus. And that's what fear does. Fear gets you, um, tries to stop you acknowledging the supernatural power that is actually already in the boat. Put that in the chat. He's already in the boat. Put, just write it. He's in the boat. If you can find a boat emoji in the chat, put it there. He's in my boat. While you're looking for solutions on YouTube and BitChute and Facebook and, and all these other different places, friend, the solution to your fear is that he is already 
in your boat. Bam, he's in the boat right now. He's in the boat. He's in your boat. He's with you right now. Greater is he that is where? In you. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. If Jesus right now is speaking to a demonic force, I believe it is a message for us today that he is silencing the spirit of fear. And I want to come in the authority of Jesus right now. And I want to rebuke and silence the spirit of fear over your life. I want to silence the spirit of fear. I want to silence it. I declare that it is silence. It is muzzled. Be still and speak no more in the name of Jesus. Friend, his name is greater. The church, this is a time for the church to rise out of that place of fear and rise to that place where we are boldly declaring the good news. The good news, what is the good news? The good news is that no matter what comes our way, we win. No matter whether this is end times or not, we win. No matter whether there's a zombie apocalypse coming or not, we win. It's not end times for the church, okay? It's just end times. Jesus has all authority. Jesus is over it all. We should not be ignorant. That is not what I'm saying. We should not be discerning the times we absolutely should, but we cannot afford to do it from a place of fear. We must lock into a place of faith. We must lock into this place where we are boldly declaring that God's power is over. God's power is over all sicknesses. Can, can we have a moment right now? Can you not judge me for this moment and put me in a, in a box for a moment? But God's power is over a disease. He has the power to heal. The same God that has the power to heal is the same God that has the power over a vaccine. The same God, it, he has power over. It. And that's why we cannot live in fear anymore. And I want to ask you the same question that Jesus asked you. Why that Jesus asked the disciples? Here, here it is. This is the crescendo of this message that I want it to sing. I hope the Holy Ghost convicts you. I hope he challenges you. I hope he ruffles your feathers right now. But just like he asked his disciples in verse number 40, he said to them, why are you so afraid? That's my prayer today. Why are you so afraid? Why are you living in fear? After all the work that Jesus has done, when he hung upon that tree, and just like uh, Ben spoke so eloquently last week about the cross of Jesus, putting our eyes upon Jesus, putting our eyes upon the finished work of the cross. When he hung up, hung up upon that cross and he said, it is finished. What was he talking about? He was talking about the fear that you're living in right now. He was talking about the fear that, that I'm living in right now. He was talking about you and me. It is finished. This same Jesus that when we're in church, we lift our hands and we we want to declare his name over depression and we want to declare his name over this and over that. It's the same Jesus. It's the same Jesus. And what the spirit of fear is trying to do is cause us to not be in those three things, love, power, and a sound mind. And this is exactly what happens with the disciples. The, the, the lack of their sound mind because of, the, because of fear causes them to get in this zone where they're like, where, where are you? They're afraid. They're terrified. They're acting irrationally in this moment. And that's what fear does. Fear causes you to act irrationally, act out of your mind, act and you get in the tunnel vision. That's what fear does. But friend, when you when perfect love casts fear out the door, you begin to see the power of Jesus. Love, power, power. Can we not diminish the, the supernatural, the right now, the here in this moment, power of the Holy Ghost, the power to heal sickness, the power to cure disease, the power to break an addiction in a moment. Can we not forget the glory of God that wants to give you a vision for your life, that wants to 
um, inspire and fill you with purpose and hope for a better future, that can we not forget the power of his glory? Can we not forget his power in this moment? Can we not forget the stories of John G. Lake even having the bubonic plague, I believe it was, or the, one of the plagues anyway, put on his hand? and put under a microscope and doctors and scientists of that day watched that disease shrivel. Can we not think that that same God that we read about in history that did that has the power to do the same thing today? Oh man, can we not think that the same God that has moved so mightily in the church throughout history is doing something, is positioning us for the greatest revival, for the greatest move of God, for a reformation of our nation, for the power of God to move in our streets and our homes and our schools. Can we not believe that the same God that moved on the day of Pentecost is getting ready to do something right now? Can we not believe today that, 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 uh, that God's power is evident? Love, power, sound mind, love. We've got to make sure, we, historically as Australians, we're not good at having these open conversations. We need to get better. This is a time for us to bond together as a family to respectfully disagree on certain things, but not to be in disunity. See, we're not trying to be, um, God doesn't ask us to be in uniformity. That's where we're all clones, right? That, that, that's not what unity is. Unity is about coming around the person of Jesus and focusing on him. We've got to get better at having open conversations and being okay that we disagree about things that are not in the Bible, okay? We've got to get better at having those conversations. We can't operate in a spirit of fear. That person's wrong. That person. No, seek to understand where someone's coming from before we start throwing out our judgments about people. Love, power, and a sound mind. I rebuke the spirit of fear over your life. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Look, it's been a long one today, but I want to close with these thoughts. I felt that today, apostolically, I've ha had to, um, to really press in for this and go for it today. Um, and so I want to read these scriptures over you. Before we go into a time of communion, I want to read these scriptures to you. And I want to read them over you today. I want to declare these scriptures over your life. If you'd like me to send you a copy, just send me an email. My email's on the screen, matt at empowerchurch.co. And I'll send you a copy of these. And you can meditate on these this week. Because as we said, fear starts with a thought. It's, it, it exists in the battlefield of your mind. Okay. And so this is why Romans chapter 12 verse 2 teaches us that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And this is why we must allow God's word to wash over our mind, to wash over our thinking in order for us to think like him. And so I want to declare these scriptures over you right now. Would you just close your eyes? Would you just take a moment just to be still? And would you allow the word of God to really penetrate your heart? He smashes fear. He's, he, he, fear is not hard to break for Jesus. He has authority over death itself. Listen to this, Psalms chapter 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look at him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Jesus wants to deliver you from all your fears. Psalms 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalms 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. 
of whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 46, 1 to 3. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Isaiah 41, 13. For I, the Lord God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Friend, let me just stop right there. There's n- Don't rely on this world for help. Help is found in perfect love in Jesus. Isaiah 4, uh, sorry, Luke 14, 27. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Psalms 91, could read the whole chapter, but let's just read verses four and five. Come and close your eyes, have this moment. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Genesis 50 verse 21. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. I really feel this is for someone today. God's breaking something over someone. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Deuteronomy 3:22. You shall not fear them. For it is the Lord your God who fights for you. Joshua 8.1 And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear. The Lord is saying to you today, Do not fear or be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you and rise and go up to see Ai. See, I've given into your hand the king of Ai and his people, this, his city and this land. Psalms 27 verse 3, though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. Isaiah 35 verse 4, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God He will come and save you. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Jeremiah 42 verse 11. Do not fear the king of Babylon, of whom you are afraid. Do not fear him, declares the Lord, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand. Isaiah 43 verse 1. But now, thus says the Lord, he created, he who created you, O Jacob, and formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. Joel 2 21. Fear not, O land, Australia. Fear not, be glad and rejoice for the Lord has done great things. Matthew 10, 26. So have no fear of them for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those that kill the body. Come on somebody, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. Matthew 10, 31, fear not therefore, for you are more valued. You're of more value than many sparrows. Hebrews 13, 6, so we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. 
I will not fear what man can do to me. Revelations 1.7 When I saw him, I fell at his feet though dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, Fear not, for I am the first and the last. Father, today I'm believing that there's been a shift over people's lives. There's been a shift in their thinking. There's been a shift over the atmosphere of their life. One from fear to faith. One from fear to perfect love. One from fear of uncertainty, of the unknown, of being stuck and paralyzed in that place to being one of freedom and liberty, Jesus. I thank you right now that even generational thinking that's come and pervaded our thought life through through um, our parents and our parents' parents and their parents, Lord, through us being as Australians, I thank you that, that is, those curses are broken today in the name of Jesus. I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that there is a, uh, an atmosphere shift ha- open over people's life. Lord, I thank you that the best days for the church are ahead. I want to boldly declare that we will not live in fear. I want to boldly declare that we will preach the gospel. I want to thank you, Lord, that now is the greatest time to speak the gospel and the good news of Jesus. Lord, I want to be busy in prayer. I want to be busy in sharing the good news. I want to be busy in being the hands and feet of Jesus in this time. And so what I'm asking, Lord, in order to do that, I need to get rid of fear. And so would you silence it right now over my life? Would you silence it right now over our community? Would you silence it right now over our neighbors and our friends, over this church, over the people on this, in this message right now under the sound of my voice? Fear is muzzled. It's silenced in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for streaming in today. Um, As I said, we're going to take communion. What a beautiful way to finish off this moment. Be blessed. Reach out to us if you need anything. All the details are on our website and powerchurch.co. See you in our Zoom link up right now if you're available um, to do so. Talk soon.